What an encouragement. I love that last line that Megan just said. We are here for you, Jesus. Uh, come thou fount of living water, the church, right? We're outside, and yet do we stop being the church? <laughs> no, the people of God are his bride. The people of God gather collectively. Nice job, Roger. And all this real estate up here, I always wonder, why doesn't anybody want to come up a little closer? We understand. The church gathers. It's not about the building. It's not about the cup. Rather, it is for us about the treasure that is Jesus. We long for not the cup, not the vessel, but the treasure, the water that is contained. And so the cup looks differently at different times and different spaces, but we long for the living water. And so, uh, and so we are continuing in Luke, and, and we are at this cool turning point of Luke where in chapter 13... He, uh, he's making a turn in his book, in this journey. From 9 to 19, he's making a turn, and he was talking about some weight, weighty things, some heavy things, and, and then he gets more serious, but there's this turn in the midst of it where he tells these two parables, and, and I think it has something to do with growth. And so I was hoping my daughter Mari could come up, possibly. We'll see. We talked about it possibly this morning. We'll see if she's willing and comfortable. Mari, are you coming up? Is she shaking her head? She's like, no, do not put me up there. So right, right in the middle of, of this heavy turn in chapter 13, Jesus is turning up the heat. He, he has this conversation about growth. And so we haven't done this. How many of you guys, your parents, have like a growth chart at home? Do you guys have that? Like you get measured on the wall, like how tall you are, how tall you've been. Kids, is that true? Is that true? Your parents and your parents always go, what do they say? Oh man, can't believe how much you've grown. So in just real time right now, we don't, we don't do the growth chart. We don't have that. We tried it. It kept getting pulled off the wall. It was like becoming a contentious, like who's taller? So we're going to try this in real time. What do you think? How tall do you think you are? One of the ways we do this every year is at the Great Wolf Lodge, we measure because you have to be certain height to ride certain rides. And Hudson is always longing for just a few more inches to get to the height. So, man, anybody want to take a guess? Any guesses on the table? 50. Hey, come on. Uh, 50 inches. Okay. One more. 52, 49. You're like, that's so, man, this is crazy. You're five foot. You're 60 inches. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, so a year ago, because I, I, I was feeling this, because they'll often touch my shoulder, they'll reach to the top of my head. They always want to know how tall they are. But in the moment, I mean, I, we could probably celebrate. I would guess six inches, maybe five inches from last year. But in the moment, I'm not going, hey, Mari, how cool is it that you grew a millimeter, right? We don't celebrate that in the day-to-day. But a year later, we look back and we can see growth. The text this morning, Jesus is making a turn. He's turning up the heat in Luke, and it's about growth. He's gonna tell us about two different illustrations to speak to this idea of growth, to try and give his disciples encouragement. And you can have a seat, Mari, nice job. <laughs> to give his disciples encouragement in the midst of the day-to-day 
Because I don't know, I don't know about you. Sometimes, and maybe you're feeling this, you, you start to just get a little discouraged that maybe there's not as much growth as you'd like to see. Maybe you, you, you look at this Christian journey of sanctification and you just get tired of, of waking up another day to almost do the same thing and fight for growth day in, day out. Today, Jesus is giving his disciples a little encouragement. And this past Thursday, I got a little encouragement as well. I got a call from a friend from California. I would meet with him for coffee consistently. He was a dad of a former student. Didn't love Jesus, Catholic background, maybe that's you. And we would meet consistently and we would just talk about life in this journey. Thursday, he calls and he said, David, those coffees weren't wasted. He said, David, just this past week, I came to faith and I thought back on our time and I wanted to celebrate that with you, David. But in those day-to-day, -day, that was five years ago, we don't often see the growth. But what Jesus wants to tell his disciples and us this morning, his kingdom is advancing. And it is maybe slow or small, but it is undeniable and it is growing. And it will ultimately culminate in a day in the future. So pray with me as we dig in this morning. God, you are so good. Thank you for stories uh, of our kids as we watch them grow and the spiritual growth even done in Chris Guerrero's life over the past few years, that you are at work marching forward, your kingdom advances, and we get to join with you in what you're doing. So reveal yourself this morning through the text, always for your glory we pray. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read the text. It comes from Luke 13. And, and this is, you get to know me just a little bit. You guys know I, I preach from our PowerPoint slides, right? So guess what I did in order to make notes? I made myself some slides. So there's maybe an idiosyncrasy of me. Luke 13, 18 to 21, Jesus says this. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. And it grew and became a tree and the birds of the year made its nest in its branches. And again, he said, to what shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leaven. The kingdom of God grows and Jesus uses these two ordinary objects, mustard seeds and leaven, to show this gradual process of growth that we would have fully anticipate his extraordinary kingdom and his total presence. Now, how many have seen Horton Hears a Who? Is that a classic? Not a classic in our home, but we, it's, it's been seen a few times. I, I imagine when Jesus turns to his disciples and says, the kingdom in heaven is going to grow and grow, his disciples are looking at him going, what are you talking about? Much like Horton sees this little speck on his finger, they're wondering, what, what is this kingdom and Jesus says it's like a mustard seed that a man sowed in his garden. Now, first century listeners would hear that and they'd say, you don't sow mustard seeds in gardens. Why? Because a mustard seed, the smallest seed, is going to grow into a 12 or 15 foot plant or bush. You put herbs in a garden. You put little plants in a garden. You don't put mustard seeds because what they do inevitably is they just become more and more visible so that they outpace whatever. If you had a garden, you no longer have a garden. You have a mustard plant garden. 
You don't have anything else because it takes over. Some might say in my yard, it's kind of like crabgrass. You know, you don't just have a little bit of crabgrass, it kind of takes over. So we are in the process of eliminating crabgrass from our yard. The kingdom of God, he said, is this outward, visible sign, much like a mustard plant that grows and dominates the garden. And I don't know for you, when I hear that, much like those disciples, there's a tinge of, Jesus, don't you see what's going on? Don't you, don't you see we're this small little band of people gathering, and yet your promise is of this mustard seed? Little did they know in Acts 1, here was the expansion of the church. It was this movement in hearts. And in AD 100, there was said to have been 10,000 people who treasured Jesus. Within 100 years, that grew to 200,000. In another 50 years, it grew to a million. And then by 300 AD, there was stated that there were 6 million people that treasured Jesus. There was this outward visible momentum of this gospel moving forward from this small band of people. Jesus said, like a mustard seed that advances, it's gonna grow so that birds will land in its nest. What did he mean? Anybody willing to turn to Ezekiel 17, verse 23 for me? Aaron, you willing to turn to Ezekiel? Oh, you don't have, Megan, or I will. How about I do this? Do you guys love when I call people out? No, the answer is no. Here's what the prophet Ezekiel and I think Luke is referencing. In Luke 17, verse 23, and then also Ezekiel 31, verse six, they make a reference to trees and birds landing in the nest. So Jesus is alluding to his disciples, this, this kingdom is gonna be outward and visible and others are gonna be included, not just Jerusalem. Here's what he says. On the mountain height of Israel, I will plant it that it may bear branches and produce fruit and become a noble cedar and under it will dwell every kind of bird in the shade of its branches. Birds of every sort will nest. Ezekiel 31 verse six. Here's what he says. All the birds of the heavens made their nests in its boughs. Under its branches, all the beasts of the field gave birth to the young and under its shadow lived all great nations. What's he saying? This kingdom of God advances in an outward visible way so that others of every tribe, tongue, and nation will get to participate in life with Jesus, not just Jerusalem. But then he adds another element of what this kingdom is gonna look like. He says it is both inward and invisible. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God and to what shall I compare? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took, sowed in his garden, it grew and became a tree and the birds of the air made its nest in its branches again. He said, to what shall I compare it? What's the second illustration he gives? And this is an illustration I know very little about. I just go to the store and I pick up bread and there it is, kind of fluffed up. But some of you guys like making bread. Kids, do your parents like making bread? You guys have parents that love making homemade sourdough? Casey, should we start making homemade bread? She shook her head no. There's a, so I've been going to, this is, <laughs> side note, I've been going to St. Vinny's and I walk down the appliance aisle and I see those bread makers and I go, maybe we should start making bread. Does anybody else think that? Thank you, Magda. Casey says, no. The second illustration, he talks about leaven. 
and three quarters, that's 60 pounds of flour. And a small bit of yeast leavens the whole lump. 60 pounds of flour. Rather than making flat cakes and flat bread, now this whole dough is leavened. How's that happen? It's an inward transformation. And so it might feel like as we go through life, we don't see on the growth chart millimeters of growth but undeniably, why do we do this Sunday every year? Because we are committed to another year of growth. And I just want to look back and I want to read a few of the encouragements. What's up, Coop? I just want to read a few of the encouragements that Jesus has spoke of about this distinct identity of kingdom growth. Here's what he says. In verse chapter 6, 27 to 36, we love our enemies we do not judge others. We bear fruit. We build our entire life on Christ, the rock, verse 46 to 49. We recognize that we've been forgiven much. We take up our cross and follow Jesus. We have no higher priority than Jesus, chapter 9, 57 to 62. We love Jesus with all our heart, chapter 10, 25 to 37. We, like Mary, want nothing more than to sit at Jesus' feet. We're committed to promoting God's glory. Our whole life is permeated with Christ's light, chapter 11, 33 to 36. We fear God and nothing else, chapter 12, 4 to 12. We trust God to care for us and provide for us. We pursue his kingdom above everything else. We regard Jesus as our one and only master. We are eagerly awaiting his return, 12, 35 to 48. We leave our old way of thinking and life and circumstances. And again, fear God and nothing else. We recognize we receive God's mercy. And so we show mercy to others, we grow. Like the leaven, leavening the whole loaf, Jesus says there's these distinct qualities of what it means that the kingdom advances inwardly. In lives, one life at a time. He says of the mustard seed it grew, and he says of the bread it was leavened. And so unlike maybe the world that we live in and are planted in that feels so driven, we actually slow down. Why are we taking two and a half years to go through Luke? Because <laughs> in a consumeristic society that is so fast paced, we want to slow down long enough to actually hear God and see this incremental growth. And so much like farmers, much like kids on the growth chart, much like travelers, much like runners, it's more of a marathon than a sprint. And so I want to encourage us as we head into this next season, May to September, or September to May, God is slowly reframing our perspective, and Jesus is gradually extending his lordship even over the most ordinary tasks. And so this year, do we believe there's always room to grow? Do we look ahead and say, I want to be further along in this life with Jesus next year. And I can look back and I can see there's always room to grow. And then we actually believe we are pursuing his kingdom. How? For us, it's relationship around the biblical text for the sake of the world. It's relationship around his inspired words for the sake of the world. And then... I hope this is the encouragement. We celebrate on the growth chart. We actually celebrate kingdom growth. When we see something in someone, we go, wow, I can see more patience permeating your life. 
I can see more honesty and truth-telling permeating your life. I can see less and less of your consumption and materialistic pursuits. I can see more and more relational heart for those that have yet to treasure Christ. We celebrate that growth and we look ahead. And so I wanna invite Jill Rao up and the worship team because we wanna look ahead. We look back and we can see where we've been. We celebrate that growth with others in our life. And then we look ahead about being the living proof of a loving God with our head, our heart, and our hands. So Jill, why don't you share a little bit of what God has for us this coming year?